Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Parade Caviar Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. Today's episode was recorded at the end of March when Bob and I visited Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, if you're not aware, has the most freight employees per capita in the United States. It is home to logistics companies like Steam Logistics, U.S. Express, Covenant Transportation, Freight Waves, and many, many more. Freight Waves has dubbed this region of America as Freight Alley. It really is a remarkable city to visit. It honestly felt like the Silicon Valley of freight. In this shorter, spontaneous episode, we sat down with Patrick Childs, the VP of Strategic Operations, and George Yates, the Senior VP and GM at Covenant Logistics. If you like this video, please make sure to like it, leave a comment, and leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Any feedback you have, we greatly appreciate as it helps us grow. Thanks for tuning in, and if you'd like to receive freight market updates, news, and entertainment, subscribe to our newsletter on FreightCaviar.com. Let's dive in. To George's point, like one of the things we've had to kind of revamp is obviously make sure our carrier qualifications that our standards have increased but um, a big thing for us lately is just the ability to better monitor carriers on an ongoing basis so a lot of um, a lot of what's what what brokers focus on is the kind of the onboarding requirements mm-hmm. but you know three months from now six months from now you know a carrier's behavior can change yeah so putting some processes in place to, to kind of monitor carriers on a more ongoing basis um, that makes it's sense. We're, I, I we're seeing legitimate carriers start stealing out of nowhere too. So like carriers that have been in business nine months or a year. Oh wow. No issues at all. Mm-hmm. No reports on any freight guards or carriers or whatever. And all of a sudden they just start scraping product off the loads and then they start stealing full truck loads. Wow. I know double yeah. brokers like scammers continuously are buying good MCs. Yep. Because they just they, mm-hmm. they want a good MC that has a good record. Mm-hmm. All the brokers are set up with them and then they start stealing from them too. So, and that Glendale, Ca- you know, Glendale, California, obviously, hot market for theft. But oh, yeah. what you're seeing is they're they're changing the, I guess, the origins of their MC to like Denver, Colorado, and Overland Park, Kansas, and using yeah. virtual addresses like Staple Centers. Yeah. yeah, it's just there's so much more human capital being being allocated to like the time of trying to drive out the the scamming so yeah we're having to invest a ton of manual resources just to catch them increase the amount of steps we're taking in processes just to and i feel like the crazy part the government is not really stepping in right Mm -hmm. or no like nobody's really doing anything about that even when we opened rmc which was like two and a half years ago i literally had a call from a random it was like a Somebody calls me, he's like, hey, your truck is parked at a mall. Go pick it up. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, I, I, at that time, we only had two trucks. And I'm like, my truck is not there, you know? But he's like, I'm like, send me pictures. He sent me pictures. And it was fake, uh, fake like logo, and but it had my MC on there. So he looked up my MC. Jeez. So somebody set up. The crazy part was like, it was dispatcher setting up this uh, um, this truck driver like, as an owner operator, booking him loads, not giving him the loads, like and not get not paying him for the loads, and he was just hauling this stuff under my MC. It was it was such a twist. Wow. We tried to reach out to the FBI. We tried to reach out to like the DOT, and nobody could do nothing about it. And we're like, it's we're brand new in this business. It was it was such a struggle. So yeah, it's, it's gonna take Congress and lobbyists to get involved to stop mm-hmm. it because it's getting it's getting worse by the day yeah yeah i was offered ten thousand dollars a month to set up a mc for a double broker did you do it no <laughs> 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 like, no i wouldn't say anything <laughs> right now if i did <laughs> well what they're yeah. figuring out is easier it's easier to steal freight than move freight legitimately and make yeah. money because nobody's yeah. gonna stop them mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but uh i mean besides the fact of uh theft and uh 
all the, the problems in the industry. We are in Chattanooga right now, mm-hmm. beautiful freight capital, maybe freight capital of the U.S. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about Chattanooga and why, uh, you know, maybe the, the history of Covenant? Uh, we see all the freight liners parked outside right here. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little background of like what makes Chattanooga special, what makes Covenant special, and a little bit more about uh, the company? Yeah, I'll try to hit on that. So, you know, obviously Covenant and U.S. Express founded 36, 37 years ago by, by David Parker and, and Max Fuller. And, you know, there's there's some family history and dynamics there, but, you know, I guess you could trace it back to Clyde Fuller, which was which was their dad, you know, was it Southwest Motor? Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, they, they split off and started two separate companies and, you know, both grew to north of a billion dollars in revenue. And, I guess that 36, 37 year history and, you know, we're, we're located right along the, the Tennessee River and the I-75 and I-24 corridor. And there's, there's a lot of capacity that moves through this market and, you know, I guess through years of success, you started to see uh, other companies and, and people branch off on their own and it's became a, it's became a freight brokerage logistics hub. and. Um, it's just been pretty exciting to see over the last 10 years. The transformation has been incredible. And you can all you can trace it all back, um, or the founders all back, to a certain set of companies in the, the Chattanooga market from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, it's, it's fairly easy to attract talent here, too, just because obviously it's naturally beautiful. It's very business-friendly environments. We have a lot of large businesses moving here, so Chattanooga has invested quite a bit in its technology and internet mm-hmm. infrastructure. So that's also helped because generally brokerages, you know, have a younger demographic working for them, and yeah. Chattanooga is a cool place to live. And so that's definitely helped brokerages grow here really quickly too. Definitely, the fast internet helps a lot when you when you have to post loads and cover mm-hmm. trucks. Uh, you got faster internet, so yeah. you can book quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. So. What else can you tell us about Chattanooga and our, our Covenant? Um, I mean, Covenant, we've grown our service offering quite a bit over the past couple of years. You know, our, our brokerage has grown tremendously, um, gotten really disciplined in our in our asset side of the business. And then we've, you know, through acquisition and um, kind of organically grown into other areas of the business. So um, have a managed transportation offering now, um, have quite a bit of presence in, in warehousing. Um and um, a lot of that's just been through acquisition and just adjusting to our, our customers' needs. So, you know, traditionally we would offer, you know, hey, we offer truckload, but now we can um, have a more holistic service offering for our customers. To expand on that, there's there's three main SBUs within the, the Covenant Enterprise. You, you've got your legacy um, expedited asset model. So we've got 800 teams, second largest team carrier in, in the country. Um, we've got a contract logistics offering, which is dedicated in warehousing. So 4 million square feet in warehousing and growing, and then oh. 1,400 uh, dedicated capacity assets. And then our, our freight management group, which is encompasses our freight brokerage and, and managed trains offering. We've grown 6x in six years, so I think we're continuing that growth. And, you know, we're excited about the, the vision we have as an organization. We've gotten really disciplined in our strategic plan and acquisition strategy and, um, you know, our, our focus is on driving more value for our customers and, um, you know, really just staying disciplined. Mm-hmm. So, so you guys, how, how many uh, units you guys said you have, like trucks and trailers? 
trailers, I believe, is around 7,000, oh, wow. seven to 8,000 trailers, um, roughly 24 to 2,500 true asset trucks. How do you even keep track of all that? You know, like we've got, uh, we got a lot of smart people, mm-hmm. um, made a lot of investments in terms of our technology infrastructure, yeah. and uh, you know, they've been doing it a long time. So, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be an asset SME, um, but I will tell you that we've got a lot of people that do a really good job, and um, we've got a lot of executive leaderships that are a lot of executive leadership. Um, that's really bought in and invested in taking care of our equipment, our professional drivers, our teammates, and our customers. And, um, you know, we've aligned ourselves strategically with, you know, our top customers. And, um, you know, our network is very defined. It's very niche um, You know, the acquisitions that, that we've made have not been just like your true standard OTR uh, carriers. You know, we, we bought into dedicated and, and warehousing mm-hmm. through the land air acquisition. Um, most recent acquisition was um, Access America Transport. So 30-ish um, expedited teams hauling nothing but governmental, Department oh, wow. of Defense. Um, it's been a spectacular investment for the organization. And, um, you know, as we look outside, if, if we're going to continue to make additional acquisitions, it's going to be sticky, niche business um, that we can build long term. So knowing what you guys know, uh, what, what kind of advice would you potentially give Bob, who has 15 or so assets, mm-hmm. uh, to grow the company? Like any any particular knowledge or wisdom that you could provide to him, and just to anyone that has a trucking company, especially in this downturn market. Yeah. So align yourselves with shippers that are going to play the long term with you. Um, shippers that you can build a dedicated or an engineered network around. Um, you know, not the best market to align long term yeah. agreements in a soft market, but. Um, there is shippers out there that, that do value true, legitimate um, partnerships, and they're not just going to be transactional. So move yourself away from the transactional business as much as you can and um, find people that are going to continue to invest in you and your organization and help you grow in a smart way long term. And stay away from commoditized business. You know, Commoditized? Like, yeah. Find, find stuff that is going to be consistent year-round, less volatility. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I could give you any advice, that's that's what I would focus on. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of, well, right now, I definitely agree with that. I think a lot of people want to see the personal-to-personal, even the shippers, yep. but you have right now where technology is kind of taking over, yep. right? You have Uber or you have all these other brokers that are popping up, yep. and it's sometimes for us because we work in the office and we try to book loads and it's like you you don't even communicate with anybody anymore you know you just literally go on the board and you and you book a load and i get it to a point it's kind of it makes life easier sometimes and it's like you you need less people for that but then if there's an issue it's so hard to reach anybody yeah. you know like we we talked about this with my team when i think uber started acquiring people now but like it was impossible to reach anybody on uber yeah. freight mm-hmm. you know and then we were like okay we're not going to book any more loads with uber because it was just once you have a problem, it's impo- impossible yeah. to solve it. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. So we'll see if it, they kind of switch back or if it levels out, you know, the technology and the actual people, the people-to-people connection. Uh, so. I think that, you know, you referenced the people-to-people connection, and there's still a lot of shippers out there. There's a lot of freight brokers out there that still value that, that personal that relationship. relationship. Yeah. And, you know, it can't just be a, a one-way point of contact in your organization. So as, you, as your t- company grows, you want those 
multi-dimensional layered relationships with those shippers, right? You want your day-to-day contacts. You want to have um, contact with, you know, those directors and VPs of logistics, and eventually, you know, the owners of those those companies yeah. too. So it's a lot easier to make those point of contacts with small to mid-market shippers. But you know, if you can get buying at the, the the top end of the spectrum with those shippers, that's where you're going to see the most value, and that's where they're going to align with you more for the long yeah. term. It all trickles down. Correct. Honestly, we were so surprised. Me and Paul, we went out um, to talk to some shippers because we're I'm based out of Charlotte, and uh, okay. Paul was like been pushing me to kind of you know go try it out. So at first, I thought they would just tell me to screw off, you know, especially like right now. I feel like the market <laughs> is just. But everybody was super nice. Like uh-huh. we visited four, and they were super nice. We got mm-hmm. everyone's numbers, yep. and they were like, "Yeah, reach out if anything." So and it turned like, out that one of them was a, was a shipper that I did a lot of work with back at my, my previous yeah. brokerage. And I, I was kind of shocked. I didn't even yeah. know that they were right around the corner from Bob's, uh, like I guess headquarters. Or it's a small world. It's yeah. a big industry, but it's a small yeah. world. Yeah, yes, it is. And it's all relationships at the end of the day. Like relationships are going to get you to the next level. Um, and, and people want to work with people that they can trust. So like if you can get that face to face interaction with them, and they can see that you know you're a, a real human being and right. not just somebody hiding behind yeah. an email, it, it goes yeah. a long way. You're not in Armenia somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very valid point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Patrick. Anything to add to that? To, to, to Bob for Bob. I think, just, I think you had mentioned a little while ago. Just you know, you know, your network is you ran stars, and right. I, I never <laughs> actually heard that before. You know, heard running triangles, but um, it's kind of what George had said, where just a lot of carriers are trying to continue to to chase rate, and um, I mean, the spot market doesn't exist really uh, right now. Yeah. So it's you know, if you really want to set yourself up for the long term, it's about forming relationships with shippers and, and you know, brokers, brokers like us yeah. who, you know, we really, you know, look for that kind of more dedicated capacity on our lanes rather than chase rate. So, um, I mean, relationships. Yeah. So. I would rather pay a premium to somebody I trust than making 5% more and not knowing if my freight's Exactly. Yeah. If it's going to get stolen or not. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and show, like, like when you're getting in front of these shippers or brokers or whoever you're partnering with, like show them what your capacity looks like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put that data in front of them. Like keep pushing that to them every single day, and okay. and find the people that are actually going to absorb that information and leverage it for their networks too. That, that's who you want to work with. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Someone's going to succeed in this market downturn. You know. Yeah. Some some won't some won't, but those that like actually reach out and build those relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure and you guys seem great I mean we were just talking to, to a rep out there and she, she wanted talking to help talking to our, our Boston our Boston yeah. guy Ben over there yeah, Ben and then we talked with Hannah yeah, too Hannah. Like, yeah, yeah Hannah as well and Hannah's fantastic too yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's amazing cool what's the so what's the future plans for Cobbett and, or what, what do you guys have any future plans what do you guys look like in five years ten years so you know, obviously, we're going to continue to invest into the contract logistics warehousing space. Um, we're going to continue to invest into niche acquisitions. You know, we're, you know, part of our strategic, our five-year strategic plan and outlook is, you know, we're in the process of making the largest tech investment we've ever made in our company's history. Whether um, not just through our, our TMS investments, but uh, through platform science. Um, Continue to invest in our, our HRS systems and stuff like that. We've got, we've got a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, upstairs in our, in our technology uh, group, but um, continue to focus on delivering value to the shippers that we want to partner with. Um, continue to invest into 
team members that can help facilitate that growth. Because at the end of the day, I mean, we say this in brokerage all the time, but it, the same holds for assets. Like people are our most important asset. Yeah, we can't be successful without our professional drivers working. 365 days a year. We can't be successful without the people working to help them facilitate and make that happen. Um, but I, long term, um, you know, I, I believe Covenant's going to continue to be successful. We're going to stay disciplined, um, and we're not just going to go chase things that aren't going to add long term value. So less transactional, definitely more longer term plays. Smart. So. Definitely. Yeah, because there's definitely, I feel like, a lot of companies that start up and they chase, you know, and they get mm-hmm. after everything. And then next thing you know, they can't keep running it that way. Mm-hmm. So well, it's right. good to stay disciplined and keep yeah. doing that. And we're excited about it. I mean, obviously, you're seeing a lot of consolidation in the market. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we've got that 36, 37 year history and the shelf life of most companies is not nearly mm-hmm. that long. So it's, it's pretty unique to have ownership that has seen and done it all. Um, you know, we thought we had saw everything prior to COVID. Yeah. Obviously, that environment <laughs> changed everything. But, you know, it, it's pretty cool to work with people that have the wisdom dating back to the, the 80s, right? And just seeing how they've advanced and, you know, kept up with the times. And it, it's just pretty cool to... I mean, just in the f- past five years, how much we've transformed. It's yeah. just cool to watch. Yeah. yeah. Must have been a lot of down markets since the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been great. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, having us. Happy yeah, for having us. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate really you cool. guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. It was cool to check out Chattanooga just in general, too. Yeah, shout out to Texas. Are you set up with us? <laughs> Am I set up with you? Yeah. Um, we just checked, I believe so. I don't know okay. why. I know this seems kind of crazy, but our score is down because we've been getting so many inspections. We have all brand new equipment, yeah. like brand new trucks, brand new trailers, and DOT is after us. I know as bad as that sounds, but like They're right now, everybody right now. Yeah, and it's like we've been getting bad inspection, bad inspection, and it's for the stupidest reasons ever. Like well, you just got a good inspection a couple days ago. That's gonna update in three yeah, weeks. I think. Yeah, we oh, have yeah. good ones, but I think we are set up because I was just checking with Ben, but the score is like. Well, if you ever need any any help with that, we've got some people in town oh, yeah? that probably be happy to talk to you about mm. it. That would be great if you could get me connected. Or I, I think it's in the car. Cause yeah. I was get my it. contact info from Ryan. I'll put you in touch okay. with Misty over there. Yeah, that would be awesome. Because yeah. we're, we're small. We're like trying to team. like literally, we, we're actually right now, we were talking about running the stars. So we had David on the podcast and he, he's got good amount of trucks from Charlotte and he like figured out the triangle but I was like tell, I don't think I told you but we were like we were like we were talking about how we run it right now we're running stars like everywhere all over the country because it's all just, transactional it's all like spot freight you know and I'm like we need to figure something out where we have like at least a dedicated lane that yeah. way we know That's hey we're going there you run coming power back. only um, no, not right now. We have about 15 trucks well, and 20 trailers. You, right? Yeah. If, yeah, if the money's right, we, we could. Need, mm-hmm. We need to look at some of our postal freight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, some of it's your own trailers. It's live, live, but it's all round trip. And it's oh, multi-year yeah. Contracts. Oh, round trips would be it's perfect. Crazy. Yeah, that would work. Just so. got to make sure it's a fit for your driver domiciles and stuff. But yeah, I've got about $60 million of freight just in USPS. And oh, wow. Ninety okay. percent of it's round trip, and it's year round, wow. everyday business. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I mean, he's like, "Hey, you're gonna make some good connections here." So, uh, yeah. yeah. Send, send me Covenant. Contact yeah. Yeah. Covenant's good people. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I've I've seen their trucks everywhere, and I've heard yeah. great things. So. 
good I'm pretty sure we've done loads too because my brother had a company out of Rochester and I helped him start it and then he actually ended up moving to Alabama Huntsville Alabama and then I separated and started my own thing in Charlotte so yeah so you're from Charlotte originally or no originally I'm from Ukraine I moved here to America when I was eight years old to uh, Rochester New York Mm -hmm. upstate New York a lot of a huge Ukrainian community there, huge trucking community there. Yeah. Kind of, it sounds like kind of like Chattanooga, yeah. where you guys had it here. It was like all family related to, and everyone went on their own. But it's a lot smaller, you, you know. So family over there still in Rochester and Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine, my mom's side, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so but I'm most sure of the people. That's tough right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. But they're on the western side, so it's it's okay. It's not yeah. that bad because that uh, eastern side is super bad. But um, yeah, and then I moved uh, to Charlotte. I actually went to work for uh a company called BFM. I worked there for seven months as a dispatcher and then um, quit that and started our own. Got that entrepreneurial Ooh. spirit and got after it. Oh, yeah, like yeah it. but I was a driver. I drove as soon as I turned 21. I got my CDL, hopped in the truck, and I drove. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I drive even now sometimes, do local pickups because mm-hmm. we're yeah. not that big. So um, I, I drove for like five years nonstop. Strong solo circuit, Texas and back. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was good stuff. Yeah. True cowboy. That, w- that was before the e-logs. <laughs> but yeah. That definitely changed the industry. Yeah, for sure. It was a huge, huge shock, I feel like, for everybody. It, at first, it was good because I feel like the rates went up, the safety kind of, it was probably a little bit better, you could see, but now it's kind of tough, so. Yeah. Well, I think the big thing working with Kevin is you got somebody, obviously, that understands trucking. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and they support it and they understand. Um, 100%. As much as, they, as rates come down and they need to, Make margin to support their business. Of course, they understand from the asset side those who treat them treat them well, and they treat them yeah. well. Yeah, it just works yeah. really well because I mean they're seeing drivers walk up here every day and yeah. knowing that yeah, they walk you got to be building. able to feed your family and you got to be able to everybody's got to make money and it has to make sense. A hundred percent, and like we kind of mentioned, uh, these like. I don't want to. I don't want to blast like any, but like all these brokers that are popping up, that they don't have that relation. They don't even right. know what the you know cost, what it costs to run a truck per mm-hmm. mile. You know, they're just literally sending you a load for dollar a mile, and you're like, I'd rather drive empty, yeah. you know, than, than book this this dollar a mile load. It doesn't make any sense. Plus, yeah. it's like forty thousand yeah. pounds or something. So it's burning more fuel for it, less money. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, because uh, I was talking to my friend from Washington. He's like at Oregon, Washington, and he's like, "Oh, I got I told him to come visit us in Charlotte. He's like, "I gotta book me a load. I'll come visit you." I'm like, "It's probably cheaper to just fly here than to than to drive out of Washington yeah. right now, you know, because the rates were so bad." So, oh. yeah. yeah. 